Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive A. It is a, it's been a chilly Wednesday. It was cold, flat out cold this morning. Uh, I got up, left the house. It was, uh, I think it was 28 when I left the house this morning. It is warmed up. Not going to be quite as cold tonight, but going to be a pretty chilly evening for basketball. We've got Auburn and Virginia Tech in the SEC ACC Challenge in basketball tonight. That, of course, coming up over on our sister station, Wings 94.3. A 7.30 pregame, so a 45-minute pregame, Andy Burcham was telling us yesterday, um, before that ball game tips at 8.15 tonight. So uh, we, we'll, we'll take a look at that. We've got our regular Wednesday co-host here for hour number one, Jason Caldwell of uh, Auburn Undercover with us here in the studio. JC, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? Doing pretty well. I'm uh, I'm I'm. Actually, better than I thought I'd be three or four days removed from uh, from Saturday night. Uh, I've actually I've been able to top Hugh Freeze. I've been able to sleep fine. Haven't been having too, haven't been having nightmares about about Saturday night. But uh, that was uh, oh, before we go on. Let me mention Dan. I, I don't know if we mentioned this yesterday, but Dan's got Troy women's basketball this evening, so he's not with us today. And he'll be he'll be off Friday. Do want to give you a little uh, uh, a, a, a little advance notice? A Friday's going to be a fun show. Uh, we normally have Coach Don Dunn join us for a segment on Friday. We've got we've got Don Dunn for the entire show on Friday. So it'll be uh, Bill and Don on uh, on Friday. We'll still uh, see if we can't catch up with Coach Sonny Smith. So, so that's what's coming up Friday. Dan should be back in tomorrow. They're headed up. Uh, I forgot exactly where did he say they're going this weekend? Um, golly, uh, I've, I've forgotten. But they're 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 traveling this weekend for Troy women's basketball. So it's but it's Bill and Jason here in the studio here on this Wednesday. Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in, and the uh, the way you can is by calling the drive hotline. Presented by Skybar, that number, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who also sponsor our podcasts. And the uh, the number to text on the Drive text box is 334-564-1840. So, all right, uh, Jason, to Saturday, yesterday, Andy, Andy Burcham uh, said it was – a perfect Saturday until the last minute of the ball game. But I mean, weather-wise, at the the weather was gorgeous. The atmosphere was electric, and I mean the the just the game. Everything was you you couldn't 
ask for a better spectacle, really, than what we got Saturday at Jordan-Hare. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought, um, like I said, other than a few plays, which is the case that is just about any game sure. you play, other than a few plays, um, that's about as well as this team can play. Um, I, I thought, you know, there's, there's limitations on the defensive line. You're not going to be able to rush the passer. That was one of the issues at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They're going, if we rush five or six, we're still not getting there. And then you leave yourself on a real big and everybody's everybody's got single coverage. And so I think they were torn like, hey, hey how do we do this thing? Because they did not get any pressure pretty much the entire game. Marcus Harris had a, had a player too, but that's pretty much it. And so other than those things, I thought Auburn's offensive line played really well uh, against a, an Alabama defensive front that had played pretty strong. Um, Auburn was able to avoid a lot of third and long situations for a lot of the day. I personally thought it was as good a game plan offensively as I've seen in quite a while. I thought they, they had guys open. They made mm-hmm. plays. Had, had had other opportunities to make plays in the passing game. And after a slow start early on, I thought Peyton Thorne played really well. I, I thought he he did a lot of good things in that game. And gave, not only gave Auburn a chance to win, he, he put Auburn in position to win um, that game. And so – um, I thought there were a lot of things that were positive coming out of it. Obviously, you didn't win a game, and, and that's the biggest thing. But Oh, no but question. But you look at it, atmosphere, um, from a recruiting standpoint, everything that, that you needed to check off Saturday, you checked off, didn't, didn't win a game, um, which is, you know, that's, that's what you're there for. But, man, um, from a recruiting standpoint, it's one of those situations where you win the game, it's great. When you don't win the game, those kids go, I would have made the difference. And yeah, that, a game like that, and and you know th- that's one of the questions. Remember, we had last week is you know how important or how much would a loss hurt? It's it's hard to imagine that that any player, any recruit that was there, was going to be uh, was going to have a negative feeling <clears throat> because because Auburn lost. I mean, <clears throat> the the effort they put up as two plus touchdown underdogs, and I mean just. I thought I thought it was uh, it was it was just tremendous. The I thought you couldn't ask for a better you couldn't ask for a better show for recruits. If there how many of those guys had now a lot of those guys had been to Auburn before and they'd seen good atmospheres. Yes, I don't know if they'd seen one quite like that. No, um, but, I'll tell you what, we haven't seen many quite like no, that. No, no, you're right. That, that's the thing. I, I left there Saturday night into Sunday and Monday going. I I mean I don't know many better ones than that i mean it's hard to go yeah there's nothing that, that matters there, there's nothing competes with 89 That's, no you're there, absolutely nothing, right that nothing, that was the most electric nothing competes with that and right. then 93 because of the situation because no tv mm-hmm. i remember the no night, bowl you know i remember the night before the 93 game and it was like mardi gras i mean yeah. the roads were blocked there were people everywhere it was as good an atmosphere as you could have in the stadium it was fantastic mm-hmm. the things they've done to enhance the the atmosphere in the stadium the the between the third and fourth quarters it doesn't get any better than that it i mean it i don't care where you go what you do where you are it doesn't get any better than that and so it impacted those kids it really did because i mean these are guys that weren't committed to auburn that were that were hurt when when mm-hmm. they didn't win um but it but it doesn't diminish it because I mean, they look at things that they look at things differently than than fans do. They look at it as, man, I, I really wish they'd have won. You know what? I I see big things coming. They know who the more talented team out there on the field was. I mean, there's no question. Alabama has as much or more talent than anybody in the country, and 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 this Auburn team 
uh, that that was you know under under talented, uh, just played them to the absolute last play of the game, and you know had the advantage for much of that you know much of that. I mean a- after after the first couple of series. It looked like Auburn was the better team. Yeah, like I said, I thought the plan was spectacular. The players executed it. And Saturday showed you – we talked about this sitting here last week. The difference in being engaged from start to finish mm-hmm. and being engaged throughout the week and ready to go, it, it allowed a team that – if you line those two teams up, and I, I talked about it some this week, give me a spot where Auburn's better than Alabama. Tight end – I think Auburn's better than Alabama at tight end. Because uh, they don't really play one. Uh, Auburn can compete at running back. It, it, at running back. And in the secondary, you go, hey, well, you're, yeah. you're right there. But mm-hmm. is there a place where you're – other than tight end, is there a place where you're absolutely better? I don't think there's a place where you're no. absolutely better no, no. on the field. Now, the flip side of that, the places where you're not, most of them, most of them you're not better, but you were Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me was was pretty impressive to see. And so – I thought Auburn's offensive line had about as good a game as I can remember because um, when you talk about the things they were able to do, I thought the scheme and doing the counters and some of those things, they said, hey, we feel like we got a good plan. And Hey, they, Auburn they, ran. They ran for 270-plus yards. I mean, they lost some yards yes. – because the sacks. Uh, uh, sacks and that you know and the and when the ball was knocked back to the end zone and picked up. Mm-hmm. But I mean when they lined up and ran Alabama didn't stop them. Did, did not. And and you know, right out of the gate you have you have a backed up possession that kills you from field position where you get called for a block in the back when Brian Batiste's head gets ripped off. Um mm-hmm. right there. So you you're not allowed to really get get your feet going and get things started. Once they able to, were able to settle into the game, I, I thought after that, you're right, after about the the couple of possessions and and they were able to settle in a little bit. Defensively did the same thing. They gave up some yards. The difference in the game was Jalen Miller's running. That was the, the, the one thing that made the difference was Auburn's inability to get him on the ground, whether it was getting caught on the ends and, and not securing the edge, do, allowing him to get outside and maneuver in the pocket and then outside the pocket was the biggest difference in the game. They had a one-blown coverage, um, not counting the last one, the one, you know, the long, right, the the long, 68 yard. The long touchdown right. pass. Other than that, Auburn Auburn's defense did exactly what they had to do to win the football game. Yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, we we will see. And again, it hurts. And I know Auburn fans and the the players. And and there's no question, Hugh Freeze is still he that this one will not go away. But he talked about using this uh, in in the future. But the other thing you mentioned recruiting this. Uh, th- this is something that absolutely is going to help. And I'm not saying all the players that were in here that Auburn's interested in, they're going to get. But uh, you could not have a leave a better lasting memory with the kids that were in here with signing day coming up in two weeks. Yeah, you could. Three weeks, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was strong. And you get a commitment from a 2025 you know, pretty quickly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Had guys on campus and – you know whether it's Cam Coleman coming back, Ryan Williams being back, Jeremiah Beeman being back. All you know those are guys that you're making an impact on. Cohen Eccles, the offensive lineman from Texas, that was back this weekend. There were lots of guys that 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 left that game going. That's a place I'd love to play. Now will will that be enough? We'll see. But 
there's not one guy that left Saturday that went, up. Oh, I'll cross them off my list because of that. It's the other way around. There were guys that went, holy cow, that was Roger Saliapaga, tight end from Utah, went coming in. He's going to make a decision Friday. I still think it's going to be Oregon being, you know, mm-hmm. staying on that side of the country. But he came in went, I wasn't too sure about about that, but then was blown away. And so I think it, it took Auburn from maybe the fringe to right there for a guy from Utah. It, it'll uh, it'll have an impact for days, weeks, months, maybe years to come with guys that were 25 and 26 prospects. Uh, we're, we're coming up on uh, – we're in the, the beginnings of a uh, – a uh, crazy time. It's just going to get wilder here over the next few days. Uh, Jason, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this when we come back. I mean, Hugh, Hugh Freeze addressed it a little bit, the the combination of transfer portal recruiting and, uh, and oh, by the way, trying to get ready uh, for, for a bowl game as well. It, it, it is a, a crazy time indeed. More players announcing that they're going to be in the transfer portal. I mean, a lot of these guys can't get in there. Grad transfers can now. That's one thing I want to remind folks. I mean, we've seen where Max Johnson from Texas A&M has already announced he's going to North Carolina, and I saw somebody saying he can't do that. He can't even be in the – yes, he can. can. He's a graduate. Yep, and, uh, you know, Riley Leonard, the same thing, hasn't officially announced it, but it, there's already crystal ball picks in for him to go to Notre Dame. Yeah, I see, everybody seems pretty yeah. darn sure so about when that he, then, he, then when he did enter, he, he put a do not contact tag, which means – Which means he's it's decided. Already, it's already over with. So, yep. um, And so that, those are things that happen, and we'll, we can talk a little bit about that and then about – Maybe what that means, if if it means anything for Auburn uh, mm-hmm. at quarterback, you know that's something to talk about. We'll do that and more. Hey, we'd love for you to join in again. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the drive hotline, or you can text the drive text box three three four five six four eighteen forty. Just underway here on the Wednesday Drive. Hey guys, this is Tyler Reynolds, Bill Cameron, and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390, toll free at 888 382 7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive, 19 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Jason Caldwell here in the studio. Drew at the controls. You heard the numbers. Love for you to join in. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little portal here, Jason. I mean, that's what uh, what has got a lot of buzz going, even though it doesn't officially open for most players until Monday. Uh, only graduate transfers that we talked about a few minutes ago or players on teams that have made a coaching change can't enter the portal right now. But a lot of players are going ahead and letting it be known that they are planning on entering the portal. Auburn's had two, both of them defensive linemen. Yeah, um, and, and not a surprise when you think about, um, you know, the guys that would be going out, Anisi Sledge um, mm-hmm. and Steven Johnson, uh, redshirt freshman and true freshman defensive lineman, guys that um, did not really factor in this season. And as you free said Monday, and it's hey, it's the unfortunate part of the world we live in now in, in college athletics. But um, you go, hey, look, we don't either. Hey, we don't feel like you're a part of the plans moving forward. My guess is that was probably hinted to those guys going, look, hey, we got some other guys that we feel like are there, 
And then the flip side is, is that if you're Hugh Freeze and this staff, okay, in year one, now you go, okay, you've had a year to look at these guys. Where do we need to be better? Okay, we need to go get better I players. I think that's that's one of the areas. And that's I, one of the one of the places they do. We talked about it. Defensive line was one. Of the, okay, and and we saw the issues on the defensive line. And you go, okay, if those guys weren't pushing, then that means we got you got to go out and get better players than those guys. And so I think that's part of it. I think we'll see more. <clears throat> um, at, oh yeah, at absolutely. Spots as, as you move they're forward, they're going to be other guys that are in <laughs> that same sort of situation that didn't get playing time that may not appear to be on the verge of getting playing yeah, time. And, and know, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, we saw you know, him, so we got like maybe a Mark Kelly. I can mm-hmm. see a couple of wide receiver guys sure. because they're going to go after a big class of wide receivers. They're going to turn that room over pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, if you're Auburn, you're obviously recruiting Cam Coleman. Ryan Williams, I believe, is going to reclassify to 2024, and mm-hmm. you've got a shot there. If both those guys said, hey, I'm coming, then you're going to take a huge wide receiver uh, class because you're going to hey, come one, come all. And so um, there will be lots of things to look at when you look at this roster, but it, I was talking about it with, with uh, Philip Marshall today and said how difficult it is right now to be a coach. And, and you're, you're recruiting. Hey, you your, said it, you said it Monday. He said, you don't know if you got 22, 32 spots. I mean, you have no idea. And, and, and that's why when people ask, okay, what, what positions are targeted? How many guys in transfer portal? We don't know. They well, don't know. I, I asked that not specifically no. to get the number, but just, I, I thought maybe he'd say something about the defensive line yeah. or something like that. But yeah. And, and cause you don't know, you don't know, okay, how many spots am I going to have right. for this spot? You know, just take, for instance, tight end right now. You know, I mentioned, you know, recruiting a tight end. But if, you know, you get Rivaldo Fairweather back, if Luke Deals decides to You've got to a bunch of guys who Brandon have that Fraser, extra year You, you could possibility. have four returning tight ends at that right. position. All of a sudden, you're all, if you're Auburn, you go, okay, do we need a, a young guy there? Or are we better off going and attacking another position with this scholarship? you're probably going to be better off going at another position to strengthen that one and then worry about tight end the next year. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is right now. And that sort of leads into it. Ed, hang on. I'll, I'll be with you in just a second. I wanted to bring this one up because we talked about it a little bit off the air. But today, a couple uh, a couple of quarterbacks entering the transfer portal. You mentioned Riley Leonard. looks like he, he's headed to Notre Dame. Today, uh, Grayson McCall of Coastal Carolina, K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas, both entering the transfer portal, and immediately, I'm I'm my phone yeah. and anywhere mm-hmm. I look online, it's like we got to get this guy, got to get this guy, and uh, you have seen some very reputable folks in the last couple of days saying the market for a for a big time quarterback is seven figures. Yeah, and all right, so maybe you could get in on somebody like that. Maybe you could get you know, a player that it, but if you're spending that kind of money to get a quarterback to compete with a returning starter in Peyton Thorne, is that the best, is that the best uh, uh, expenditure of, of your funds, well, your NIL funds? We just went through this and it's probably something I'm going to write on maybe tomorrow. We just went through this for three years with Bo Nix and it was always the quarterback Mm-hmm. The fans were going, the quarterback's not good enough. He's not good enough. And all of a sudden, he's pretty darn good. Oh, got He's, be- he's going to be in New York. Got better players around him. What do you do? Do you go, is it always the quarterback, or do you need to focus on strengthening the rest of the roster? My guess is, is that you're going to focus a whole lot on strengthening the rest of the roster. And because now it, it, is, it is about – it's not NFL – 
um, you know, when you're talking about a salary cap kind of th- mm-hmm. situation, but it's not unlimited. But there are limits. Absolutely, yeah. there are limits. So you start thinking about, okay, if you have enough money in your Auburn to, to get into a quarterback battle, one of those guys, are you better off doing that or are you better off going to get two pass rushers, a defensive lineman, and a, and a wide receiver? Maybe a linebacker. I mean, you know. You know, if you feel like it's the right guy and this guy's absolutely 100% going to make your team better, then have at it. But I don't know that if – I mean, who do you bring in right now unless you're bringing in some other players that makes that much of a difference? Because that's, that's part of it. I mean, these are guys – I mean, I've seen the Cam Wards of the world and all these people. Well, okay. The roster wasn't very good. I mean, they lost six straight games at Washington State. Arkansas has been dreadful the last two years. Yep. Um, okay, so do you have enough good players to for those guys to make a difference? Can they get in in January? Are they re- Or do you go, hey, you know what? I saw some pretty good things out of Peyton Thorne. Let's get better around him. And see how much better he is. Look at, look at quarterbacks in their second year. They're, look at the most I, transfer quarterbacks I, 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 in their second year. I said year. the same thing. I said Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels. Obviously, Caleb, Caleb Williams was, was good no matter what. But Michael Penix. Look at Jason Dart. Uh, Jackson, Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart. All, all these guys in year number two mm-hmm. get a little bit better players around them. They get into a system, settle in. All those things factored in even a little bit more. 334-321-1390. Did we lose Ed? I think we I think we lost Ed. We were just about – well, Ed, if you get a chance, give us a call back. Yeah, I just wanted to get into that while we were talking about the uh, uh, transfer portal. I mean, uh, there's no question Auburn will be – I think they will be active in the transfer portal. Last year they brought in 20. I don't know that they would uh, – you know, Last it would year be it something was, that approaches this because – he, the, it he was really necessity. needed to. It was yeah. necessity last year to do what they did to be able to compete, and it allowed them the ability to be able to compete. Now you'd like to be a little bit in between. You still got some issues to shore up, but now you're going, hey, where can we improve? And that's kind of the goal now, I think, for Auburn in the transfer portal going, because they just had to have they had to have bodies. Yeah, and and you know you have a lot of questions. How good is it going to be? And and maybe the re- the receivers didn't work out the way they thought. What would this offensive line have been if they hadn't done? It would have been. What they it did? would. Have, you you would not have competed in two or three games. And now yeah. now you've got a situation where you feel pretty good about the offensive line, if the guys that can come back yeah, do. I think I think if you could find a legit offensive tackle, that to be able to potentially move Dylan Wade inside the guard, which is his natural position. I think that is one of these spots for this team. I think interior pass rusher, a guy that can push the pocket and be kind of that Marcus Harris kind of guy is absolutely needed for this team. True Mike signal calling linebacker. Mm-hmm. Probably probably another veteran, a couple of veteran DBs just to kind of bridge the gap with all these young guys. Right. Probably an older wide receiver. Um, if you can find a guy like that. I do, I do think after watching it this year, because this is really the first year where it, for us, seeing an influx of guys. I do think in skill position guys especially, the difference in the speed of the game, the interior defensive line. You, you know, talk, yeah, you're talking the, levels. The difference in, in in the speed of the game at wide receiver and DB at those positions especially, 
I think I think Power Five experience yeah, is, a, power is five. absolutely a must. and SEC if if possible. Yeah, because because even this Peyton Thorne, three year starter in the Big Ten. Yep. I think if Peyton Thorne said today, "Hey, were were you a little surprised at, at how much different it was?" I think he would. I think he would say yes because the Big Ten has a good brand of football, but the eight eight games you play in this league, the Mississippi States of the world, the Ole Miss of the world. Arkansas. The one thing they have is speed, mm-hmm. and it, it impacts you, and it takes a little while to get used to. For one-year guys, like, you know, maybe Shane Hooks and Jair Shorter and Nick Martiner, those guys would be okay with a second year, but there wasn't enough time for them to adjust. No, that's right. We'll get to one call before we get to our bottom of the hour break in Yellowhammer. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Well, picking up on your discussion about how nice it is to have a good cast around a quarterback, I remember when Jason Campbell was the quarterback and Al Borges was the offensive coordinator in the first year. They struggled, and everybody said, oh, we need another quarterback. But the next year, they, he finally got some protection from his offensive line. He was running for his life the first year, and they had a really good year, and it all was because of the cast and not the quarterback. Well, yeah. quarterback had something to do with well, it, obviously, yeah, but yes. But, you know, Jason, well, okay, yeah. But Jason was a guy, too, that, that played in four different systems. And, yeah. And, and, and so he had to change a little bit a lot, a little bit every year. But he grew and he matured. And you're right, the receiving group got better. And then you had a guy that pushed the right buttons. I think it reminded me a lot of 92 to 93, where you go in, okay, kind of the right system where you had then Frank Sanders, Thomas Bailey, you know, Andy Fuller. You had some pieces in place. But then, okay, let's put them in the right spots. I thought we saw much more of that at the end of this year as guys started to get on the same page a little bit. Now you have something to build on. I think Bill's right. It reminds me more of Ole Miss in that the running game was kind of there. At times the passing game was there. But, you know, I think it probably took a little, even a little bit longer for Auburn to kind of figure it out than it did for Ole Miss, not this season, last season. Well, and, and, and Peyton wasn't even there in the spring. Correct. So that's the other thing. Yep. I mean, he, he was further behind than a lot of uh, incoming transfers. Well, where's Al Borges? Is he doing anything? Can we we get him to come back? Well, he wrote, you know, he he wrote the book, and we had him on. Uh, no, no. I think I think Al is fine and uh, enjoying enjoying life these days. Uh, it's yeah, appreciate appreciate the call, y'all. Like I said, I, I, uh-huh. I, I thought system scheme, all those things. Once they settled in, well, it's I think it's become more. Really, it's become more of Hughes, uh, yeah, what, what Hugh Freeze is comfortable doing. Yep. He said that yep. after the uh, – was it the LSU game? No. Uh, after Ole yeah. Miss. After Ole Miss. Yeah, they, after the they, Ole Miss they game. Hey, it's just time. Go, yeah, it's and, time to for them to just do what they they feel like and, they can do. And it worked. But I think maybe the, the thing that hurt Auburn the most this year was, was the Georgia game playing out the way it did. I think if you lose thirty-five to seven to Georgia, yeah, that you day, probably would have gone to, gone to what you like, what you do right then, much sooner. Yeah, and then it probably would have changed a little bit more the rest of the season. Um, but again, like just like last Saturday, hindsight is twenty-twenty. Um, they they learned, they built on it, and I think I think the other part of the thing that we learned this year is that Peyton Thorne is a much better runner than anybody ever expected him to be. Oh, no question. He was really good, and and I'll say this. And what they're doing offensively, I, I think he's he's a almost a perfect fit because of when you when you add in the passing game, the quarterback draws, he has a really good feel for pulling the ball, doing some of those things. 
I think it's something you can really build on next year as you add more to the offense. Um, you know, if he's your guy, and I think I would still lean towards him being the guy. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 24 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Jason Caldwell. Let's see. Uh, Dan not with us today because he's got basketball down in Troy. He'll be back in tomorrow. Uh, we, we mentioned the, the plan for Friday with uh, Coach Don Dunn joining me with Dan on the road. Um, Want to let you know. All right. We've had Tiger takes with Eugene Asante on Wednesdays. And that's been a situation where we haven't been able to have him on live because football practice, when the team's been in practice mode, has been going on while we're on the air. But uh, not quite the same for basketball. And we're going to have Dylan Caldwell, uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Cardwell. Golly, i got Jason in the studio. Dylan Cardwell will be our Tiger Takes basketball guest starting tomorrow. Of course, the Tigers in action a late one tonight, Jason, as part of the SEC-ACC challenge against Virginia Tech. Yeah, 8-15 tip tonight. It is going to be a late night. It's going to be a little cold uh, leaving the uh, leaving Neville Arena tonight for folks that come in person. So um, bring something to uh, to wear, to walk out in. But, you know, it's it's been such a break for this Auburn team. Um, yeah, they haven't played in eight days. Yeah, how, how much rust will there be? Obviously, there'll be a lot of energy in the building. Virginia Tech's played a bunch. They've and, played three times and, and they since Auburn and played. And they haven't been very good. Nope. But but this is a team in that league that you know you're going to be talented and you know they've got some guys for Auburn. Can you go out and, and execute and do the things you need to do tonight? It'll be, it'll be a – it's an important game for them. This is one that is, is an absolute must in terms of winning and – kind of building a resume, you got to take care of these these games at home if you're Auburn, and so it's be a, a good opportunity tonight. Yeah, uh, Virginia Tech coming in. I mean, they're, they're a team that um, when you look at them, just look at their numbers, they, they appear to shoot it pretty well. I just uh, I don't know what to expect from them defensively. I think Auburn should be more athletic than uh, this Virginia Tech team. Uh, but I think – the, the fact that they've got uh, two or three guys who really shoot it from the perimeter, I think that's good. Auburn struggled a little yeah. bit last year in, mm -hmm. in defending the perimeter. So, this you know, this may be an opportunity to see how well they've, you know, improved. Yeah, and this and this Auburn team is getting better defensively. Um, mm -hmm. They're doing a better job. I think Aiden and Trey and, and Denver Jones, those guys, Denver, giving him a chance to get healthy after after having that little bit of a strain. And so um, – yeah. Chad Baker Mazar is a guy that can create some problems. He's so long. Uh, he gets in a lot of passing lanes, and I, I think I think he's going to allow this team to do some things differently defensively down the road. Whether it be to throw some zone in there and let him just kind of spread out at the top and do. I mean, it does give you some different options for teams, especially if you got a a team that is point heavy and and you say, hey, let's let's try to take away some of the passing lanes for a guy like that. You could you could move him around some. Last night the SEC goes four and three. Wow, Kentucky was impressive last night. They they destroyed Miami in the second half last night. Yeah, they played really well. Um, I think when you start talking about the things they did 
um, obviously, you know, they're always athletic and you know, the things they can do, but they, they took a Miami team that wanted to be physical. And that that's a young backcourt for Kentucky playing at home was big. Oh, it absolutely. Um, that was, was a huge part of it. But I tell you what, I, I, I liked him, um, watching him in recruiting, saw his dad play in high school, but Reed Shepard's going to be a really good player for Kentucky. I'm telling you, as soon as he gets across midcourt, he's he's in range. And, and Jeff was a guy that it really took his senior year for him to kind of find it. And he was always – because he had the, the the unfortunate thing of following up Rex Chapman. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, he's the next Rex Chapman. He could jump and he could dunk and he could do all those things. But Reed Shepard, to me, looks like a classic point guard that can shoot it and do some of those things. And so I think he's going to be a really good player for them. The other winners in the SEC last night, Missouri on the road at Pitt, wins by seven. South Carolina uh, didn't have much trouble with, with a Notre Dame team that is, I mean, they're, they're just not, they're not very good yet. But, but the Gamecocks off to a 6-0 start. And uh, Ole Miss is 6-0 too after they beat NC State. 62-52. Yeah, Ole Miss is playing well and 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 got got Cisse uh, today cleared to be able to oh, play for them too. That's going to help. So that yeah, yeah, and, and people ask about the the depth of this league and and there's been some bumps in the road early on for this league. But I think when you start talking about 1 to 14 and having to play and do some of the things you do, it's going to be a challenge. It is. And I don't know if it's it's top heavy right now. Um but I think it could be by the end of the year as some of these teams start to grow together. That's the part when you have transfers, you have all these things, and you play older veteran teams mm-hmm. and lose some of these games. And I think that's what's happened to this league. Now, the uh, the the uh, the two losses that a lot of people, lot of people raise their eyebrows at, uh, Georgia Tech knocking off number 21 Mississippi State and, and Clemson just uh, lighting it up in t- at Coleman Coliseum and uh, getting some getting some comments from the uh, from the broadcast crew about how how quiet and empty. Coleman was last night as the as the tide goes down by eight. Yeah, I saw you know folks talking about um, you know how it's a late start. You know all these all these excuse things. Well, it's going to be an eight, it's it's going to be twenty minutes difference. Tonight you watch at all. Yeah, watch the see, difference see tonight what, see as as opposed like. to what happened at, at Coleman last yeah, night. No, I, I think. Uh, I mean, as far as crowd. Yes, I, I think it's one way atmosphere. You, you start looking at um, you know Alabama, Alabama again. You got a bunch of transfers. They haven't played well defensively right now. They're going to be a really tough team to beat as this season goes along. Yeah. Well, they're going to be but, very talented, But they right. played a veteran Clemson team that, that had some pieces that they've gotten a lot better the last three or four years. And so that was that was not a big surprise for me. And, and, and when you're talking about veteran, that's one of the things Bruce has talked about. I mean, you want to be old. You want to, you want to try to stay old with some guys. You want, to, you want to have some guys that you've had around for a while then bring in other players – that have some experience somewhere else and hope you can blend those. I like the combination that he has this year. I mean, the, the, the depth that Auburn has that, that most coaches would dream to have. I mean, they're, they're 10, they're 10 deep with guys that play double figure minutes. And then there's Leo. Yes. I mean, no, I mean, he can come in and do that if need be. Lots of depth, lots of, of guys that can go out and, and, and do some different things. Chris Moore is kind of that that plug and place at, at a couple of different positions. Leor is a guy that can give you some defensive ability. Um, the the combination Dylan Cardwell and and <clears throat> Janai Broom are going to be the thing that drives this team because you don't have mo- a lot of teams don't have guys like that. You don't have two of them. Broom's ability to play with his back to the basket is a is a difference <clears throat> because teams don't do that at all. No, you're right. You can't defend it if Auburn can continue to figure out ways. To get the ball in the post, 
but then get it out. That's the thing. It can't mm-hmm. be a black hole. If you could, if they can continue to work on passing the ball back out of the post. Yeah, if it's not if it's not an easy two when you go inside, there's going to be somebody open. Yeah, it, it, out it, on and, the and I think I think Broom and, and Jalen Williams both sometimes will force it when mm-hmm. it, they don't have to. If they'll get better at kick, kicking it back out, and you give Aiden Holloway and Denver Jones wide open shot, and Trey, you know Trey Donaldson shooting it well too. If they can continue to get those guys open looks by passing it out of the post, then this becomes a team that is going to be really difficult to guard. And, uh, you know, not just because he's going to be our, our Tiger Takes guest, but I think Dylan's game looks markedly improved to me early on. I mean, it's not just the free throws. Offensively, he you can tell he's really been working on some on some post moves. He's such an athletic guy. And, I mean, that that is such a – Huge bonus to be able to bring somebody like that in. That's an an energy guy that has that kind of athleticism and size. Yeah, no, oh, no, he. You're right. If he can continue to progress the way he has, and can give them just a little bit offensively, mm-hmm. that's all you have a little bit offensively. But give you the rebounding and give you the the post play and some of those things, then it does allow you to do a lot of different things. And the the other thing I, I think is 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 going to be huge for this team throughout the season is. They just have to eliminate the fouls 30 feet from the basket. Just eliminate the fouls where you're reaching in, doing those things. They've got to be able to stay on the floor and and foul, and not have foul trouble. And, and it was something that cost them last year, cost them against Baylor. Can you stay on the floor? Can you play without fouling? Um, you're going to get fouls around a basket. That's just the way it is. Um, but there's to me, that one and then finishing. Finish around a basket, three-point plays instead of having to go to the free throw line and shoot two every time. Um, that's always a key for big guys. And then a, a guy that guy that we didn't mention, I, I liked what we saw uh, his last time. And I've liked what we've seen from him all along, but uh, Chaney Johnson looks like he's he's getting a little more confident. He's, the confidence is building. He can play at this level. There's no question. Yeah, I, you're, I think it is confidence. You know, and, and it's, a different, it's a different game, I think. I think it's it's going to be a game where he's running the floor, doing some of those things, but he has the ability to shoot it. I think I think it's like you know making a couple of putts or doing whatever. I think as as he sees some of those fall, then you start to uh, to free up a little bit. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. We'll talk a little recruiting and more. Love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety here on the Wednesday Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final segment of hour number one. Our final segment with Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover. Uh, Jason, before we get to the phone, I want to make sure you, you get uh, the opportunity to just talk about everything that you guys are covering. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. Football, I mean, there's a ton of stuff in football, but that's not the only thing that's going on, obviously. Yeah, it, it, there's used to be a break a little bit. <laughs> now, this is, you know, because I would say, like people said, football season, I try, football season is the easiest time of the year because it's – the schedule, everything. Yeah, there's that plays just a out. game every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was always the time when okay, it, it starts to ramp up a little bit. Then with the early signing period, this became more important. But the spring, like February, late January, early February, was always the busiest time of the year. Mm-hmm. Scratch that. December has become the busiest time oh, of the year. No question. And it's all done in three weeks. 
that's where you freeze talking about like the schedule about this one is what makes it really difficult because it is like boom here it goes you're you're trying to assess the guys that you have trying to hold on to the ones that you'd like to stick around while other players from other teams are entering the transfer portal in mass and you're trying to recruit and then like I said and oh by the way uh there's going to be a bowl game yeah and and part that of you it. would like to win Correct. You, you know, you you don't want to lose this bowl game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had people talking about, you know, as soon as I put up a story about Hugh Freeze going, hey, I'd like to get eight, nine practices or whatever, people are like, well I, well, I hope people aren't worried about winning or losing a game. That has nothing to do with winning or losing a game. Eight or nine practices is plenty of practices right. for the bowl game itself. I started thinking about it. It's like there's just not a lot of young guys that – I mean, you you can't grind – when you only have 25 guys that you're I – mean, you're not going to grind with Cam Stutz and, and no. Gunnar Britton and these guys. There's just not a lot of other guys that you're – that are, okay, how much work – Holden Garner, obviously, you're going to try to get some work for those young guys and Hank Brown and some of these guys. The other guys have already played. You know, your young DBs, they want to work on those guys and some of these other – so they all have plenty of time to prepare for the bowl game. There are just not a lot of days, especially depending on when the bowl game is. Not a lot of days to just to go, hey, we're just going to go out here and scrimmage a bunch um, with a bunch of young guys because you just don't have enough. Well, just – but let everybody know, I mean, what yeah, all you, yeah, what all you guys have what's coming up and how they can follow us. Yeah, AuburnUndercover.com. Obviously, uh, tons going on, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of recruiting. Uh, we'll be on the road this weekend, got basketball tonight. Um, so, it is it is packed. I think in the last two days, it's we're, we're probably over 20 stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can check it all out there. You can follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. And – like I said, uh, keep it locked in because it, it's there's never a dull moment nowadays when you start talking about uh, the world of covering college sports. All right, let's get to the uh, drive hotline, and Jones is up. Hey, Jones. What's up, Bill and Jason? What's up, Jones? Hey, listen, Jason, I want to compliment you on what you said early in the show. Um, I, for one, have been a Peyton Thorne fan, and I cannot understand – the denigration and vilification this guy has went under. What in the heck would we have done in the Alabama game without him? He was a warrior, and he played hard, and he fought. I mean, I just wish I could personally thank him for what he put on the line for us. He's put up with a lot of mess coming from phone calls and whatnot this year, and we would not have any quality quarterback if he hadn't come to Auburn. So I thank him, and I want to reiterate what I say early in the year there's 14 things a coach told me that you need when you're catching a football. That's two eyes, two hands, and ten fingers. Not your shoulder pad, not your forearms, not your face mask. You reach up and use those 14 things, and you keep your eye on the ball, and you catch the darn thing. If our receiver catches that bullet right to his face mask in the end zone, Auburn wins the game. If Makes it a lot tougher ball, for Alabama. Yeah, I mean, Alabama has to score and go for two without scoring two times. Yeah. I think we'd have put the pressure on them and it would have released a little bit of the stress of what our defense had to go through. Again, Jason, I read everything you write and I listen to you when you're on. I think you got great insight and great knowledge. I'm glad you're uh, working with Auburn people and you too, Bill. I just wanted to say thanks again to my man Peyton Thorne. I salute you for the game you played. Thanks, thanks Jones. Appreciate, Appreciate that, Jones. It. And it, hey, it, quarterbacks know it comes to the territory. It does. He's always he's always going to be the guy that gets the first one is quarterback and head coach. That's always the guy that's going to get the most blame when things don't go right. Um, and hey, did did he play perfectly? No. Um, do I believe 
that the way things were done this season contributed a, a lot to that? I absolutely I do. Um, I'd love to go back and look at how many of his pass attempts this year came on third and long. I bet it's a bunch uh, of I them. think you're right. And you're so right that's hard. That. That's hard. That's a hard life to live in. Especially the first half of the season. Yes. And so um, you, you start looking and going, like, everywhere you have to be better. You have to be better. I thought the offensive line improved. Do you, do you want to get better? Absolutely. That's the job right now for Hugh Freeze and this staff. Going, I don't care who we have. If you have a chance to get better, and if they, mm-hmm. if there's a quarterback that they go, hey, that guy absolutely makes us better and we know it, then I think they'll go after him. But if you go, you know what we need to do first? We need to make sure we're better everywhere else around that guy. And then if we get that guy, then we'll, we'll go. But I think the job right now is to go, hey, where, where, do, where are the biggest needs? I don't know that quarterback is is one of the biggest needs for this team at the moment. I think there's other spots that have have some of those things too. Going to be very interesting to follow. There are going to be so many names, and by this time next week, the portal will be flooded. Wide open. Uh, hey, before you're out of here, though, I wanted to congratulate Jason. The uh, National Sports Media Association uh, is named Jason and Nathan King and Christian Clemente as finalists for uh, Sports Writer of the Year in Alabama. Absolutely. That's yeah. great. It's great. You know, just it helps when you have, you're have working with guys like that. And so, it's, Yeah, I mean, it's there's fun. only, there's, what is it, like eight or nine yeah. and, and to finalists, have all, and have, three of them are have, you guys. Have three from our site, Justin Ferguson as well. And, and so That's our, right. our guy Ferg, uh, well-deserving too. So, yeah, we uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it makes it fun to, I would say go to work, but it makes it fun to do, to do the job every day because a lot of us done at home or are on the road. So, um, yeah, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Back with hour number two here on the Wednesday Drive. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this chilly, about to be cold again. Wednesday, not quite as cold as last night, but with no clouds, temperatures going to drop quickly. Jason Caldwell, who was with us for hour number one, said the temperature is expected to be in the mid to upper 30s by 10 o'clock tonight. And that is before the ball game will finish. So if you're headed over to Neville Arena for the Auburn-Virginia Tech game, yeah, be ready for it to be cold when you step out following that ball game. Remember, it's an 8-15 tip at Neville Arena. Auburn and Virginia Tech, part of the SEC-ACC challenge. I guess it's the ACC-SEC if you want to do it alphabetically. The SEC 4-3 and three last night uh, as they got uh, wins from Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, and Ole Miss, while Alabama, Mississippi State, and LSU fell. Tonight, you've got... Uh, uh, seven more games with three at 6.15 on ESPN. Number 10, Tennessee at Chapel Hill to take on the 17th-ranked Tar Heels. Uh, also at 6.15, number 14, Texas A&M is at Virginia. And the uh, 
The other seven, uh, excuse me, 6-15 game, I'm looking at them, they're listing them Eastern times, all three of these games, 6-15. The other 6-15 game is Florida at Wake Forest. So you've got uh, the SEC schools on the road for the early ball games. And the late games on ESPN, it will be number seven, Duke at Arkansas. ESPN 2 is where you'll find the Auburn-Virginia Tech game. Of course, you can listen to that over on Wings 94.3, and the pregame will be at 7.30, that is, for the uh, 8.15 game, a 45-minute pregame. Georgia is at Florida State, and Vandy hosting Boston College. So those are the matchups in the SEC-ACC challenge as the – SEC right now with a 4-3 lead heading into the second night. Uh, we'd love for you to join in. Again, I mentioned Jason uh, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover with us in hour number one. Some great insight from Jason. We talked about uh, the transfer portal and perhaps um, some, of the, some of the needs that Auburn may have. It's very difficult right now. I mean, the only thing you can go by at the moment, and I have a tentative depth chart. I usually keep up, uh, you know, I try to keep up with this throughout the year. And it really is telling when you look at players expected to be back for Auburn. Uh, I've seen some laments that of uh, Auburn's commits and especially the the early enrollees for, uh, for football, that only that very few of them are offense, more of them are defensive, and people are like, oh, that's where we really need help. And and I don't disagree. Auburn, there are a couple of areas where Auburn really does need help. But if you look at the roster, there are not nearly the numbers on the defensive front that you would like to have. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the things Jason was talking about in the first hour is the need for some interior defensive line and pass rushers maybe a Mike linebacker and probably somebody in the back end of the secondary because Auburn is, is expected to lose so many upperclassmen there. Uh, but, yeah, we can, we can talk a little more about that. Uh, anything you want to talk about here in hour number two of the Wednesday Drive, in the second hour of the show, as always, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We welcome your phone calls on the drive hotline presented by Skybar. That number is 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the drive text box, which is sponsored by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number, 334-564-1840. Let's get to the hotline. And Jeremy gets us started this hour. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Bill. Um, the COVID allowing you to keep, you know, whatever extra players, we are back to 85 scholarships now, right? Yes. It will be 85 how, from this point on. Yeah. How, I mean, how does that, like, does, does that really affect any of the numbers that y'all keep talking no. about? No, not really. I mean, or 32 or... no, no. As a matter of fact, that's what's funny is when, when I sat down and, and, and did my own expected to be back roster uh, and then deleted the two guys who've gone into the portal, it's pretty interesting that it came up with 63 scholarships, which would leave 22. It's almost as though Hugh Freeze knew something. Um, so, 
yeah, so yeah, I think it's be better. It's, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's coincidental. So, but I mean, you know, for it to be the exact number is like, wow, I, maybe I'm pretty close. But that would mean if no more attrition, Auburn would have 22 spots. There's going to be more attrition. You can count on that. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, 10 guys that didn't figure into the playing time for next year leaving and, and give Auburn room for between, uh, you know, uh, 30 and 35 players. How many, how many high school kids are currently committed? There, that, and I was just asking Jason that before he left. 18 is the number right now. And he says he doesn't know of any that Auburn isn't expecting to sign. And so the number could be much higher than what we'd originally thought. You know, we were originally thinking maybe around 20 signees. Well, with the players that Auburn's pursuing, uh, I, I can see it much closer to 25, and that would leave you fewer, you know, just depending on how many players leave, that would leave you fewer spots for the transfer portal because I think the feeling had been, well, maybe Auburn will sign 20 high schoolers and a dozen transfers, but it's going to be more high schoolers than 20, it looks like. Say that. You know, you hear all these people like, oh, you need to go get this guy out of the portal. You need to go get this guy out of the portal. You may only have room for three guys. And, like, you know, it's just, that uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that am, am really glad that it's more of the high school than the portal. Like I said, I, I understand people, you know, instant gratification and all. But if we're really going to be good in two or three years. For the long term, to, absolutely. You have got to load up on your high school guys now. It's where we – it's where, it's the reason that we're in the boat that we're in now. Oh, you're right. Um, uh, the other thing, basketball, I don't expect it tonight. I still expect us to play 10, 11 guys. Don't you think we're going to see that whittle down to nine guys playing 25 minutes by the time conference play rolls around? I, I, yeah, I very well could see that. Um I don't know that it's going to get much less than that, though. Uh, no, no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to to get down to where you're just playing eight guys, and you know you're giving you're giving two or three guys, you know, four or five minutes. I I expect I expect you're still going. You still may see ten or eleven play, but you're not going to see ten or eleven play fifteen minutes. No, ten minutes a night. No, yeah, like it. Like at some point, you're going to have to get down to these are my crunch time guys. And they're they're going to have to play thirty minutes. Yeah, you're going to end up with more guys playing twenty five, you know, on a consistent basis, and then some guys that that are closer to the ten minute mark. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I I think so. All right, man. All right, good stuff, Jeremy. Appreciate the call. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I didn't see who that was. John is up next. Sorry, Drew's got it. Drew's got a little uh, whiteboard, and he held it up as I was looking down, and then put it down. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, is Elijah McAllister coming back, or is he done? No, Elijah is. Uh, he is done. He was a graduate transfer, so this was his. This was his loan year. All right, we definitely need some beef on the defensive line. We need another Nick Fairley, uh, Marlon Davidson. Uh, oh, there's no question Fairley, about that. Derek Brown. No question about it. I mean, right, right now on the interior defensive line, uh, you would you would expect uh, both Justin Rogers and Jason Jones to be back, and they played. You know that knows. The only guys on the roster who are listed as defensive tackles are Bobby Jamison Travis, who played in two games this past year as a junior college transfer, so he can he can get an extra year of eligibility and still be a junior. And uh, 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 Darren Reed, who redshirted this past year, I don't think he got into a ball game. So you have basically zero experience there at tackle. Now there's a 
Very good possibility that Keldrick Falk can slide inside and become a tackle, but then that leaves you with not much experience there on the outside there at defensive end. So Auburn really does need some help, some experienced help, I would think, especially there on the defensive front. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, I mean, we had defensive linemen for, for eons, it seems like, and then all of a sudden somebody cut the tap off. But uh, is uh, holding Garner, uh, everybody keeps talking about he's the uh, best thing since sliced bread. So He's, he's the best pure passer to... on the team. There's no question about that. Is he just a drop-back passer? He is more of a drop-back passer than an RPO guy. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't do that. We just haven't really seen him do it. And he hasn't. Uh, he didn't come up with that kind of background. So um, I'd, I'd have to defer to, you know, maybe somebody who'd watched more of the practices than I. But I mean, he's he's a guy that can really spin it. Uh, but but I think in Hughes' offense, you need to be able to uh, to pull it at times as well. Well, I know the quarterbacks. Uh, the quarterback position is the the most sexy and gets the most attention. But I would rather keep Thorne and find a couple of defensive guys that the. We'll get some push if there's any on the market this coming uh, transfer season. <laughs> I understand. That's exactly what Jason was saying. I mean, and he's had some conversation with some of the coaches. And there is, again, as he said earlier, you know, that's not a there's not a cap that is put in there. There's not like, and that's something, boy, coaches wish there were sort of for it, so that everyone would be playing on the same level. But um, one of the things I've, I've, I've heard discussed, and I think it's, it's, it's very interesting to get people's thoughts, is let's say you have that, the seven figures that it would take to pull a big-name quarterback. And that's, that's been said by, by quite a few people in the know, that if you're going to get a proven Power 5 quarterback, you're going to pay a million dollars plus. It's gonna, that's what it's going to take NIL-wise. For that million dollars, would you rather would would you rather go out and get a quarterback, or would you perhaps like to get a couple of defensive linemen and, and a defensive back? Exactly, it doesn't matter if you've got a Ferrari if you can't get no uh, can't put gas in it can't go nowhere. So uh, that's right. We need to if it doesn't have yeah, wheels. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I appreciate your time, sir. Appreciate your call. Thanks, John. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get one more before we get to our first break of the afternoon. And Spectre is next. Hey, Spectre. Hey, uh, running solo today, huh? Yeah, yeah, I've done it before. Yeah. I heard you and Jeremy talking, and uh, we're talking about getting people out of portal versus uh, high school school kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, this is my concern. You're right, you can't live off the portal. you got to depend on some kids coming in here. Well, Let's take one position, quarterback. We have two four-star high school quarterbacks sitting there, and uh, yet we're—I have yet to hear that we're trying to recruit them to stay. And I—I uh, th- I think the way I—I I don't know—I don't know what the situation is. I think I guess just folks have um, sort of assumed that that Robbie um, might be looking elsewhere. But I, I have not heard Hugh – anytime Hugh has been asked or he has brought up Holden, he is, he's spoken pretty highly of him. Um, yeah, well, I've heard, on, I've heard on your show, <coughs> not today, but before, and I've also heard it on, on, the, uh, on the line 
that uh, Holden may be headed into the portal. Well, I think I mean, it's just oh. it's just it's pure speculation. I haven't uh, I don't know anybody that has has spoken with Holden, but I mean it's a situation where a young man he's he's a since he's a uh, a redshirt freshman, yeah, you know he can't redshirt another year, and right. and if if Peyton is coming back as the returning starter, it would it wouldn't be surprising to see anyone in that type of situation at least want to check out the possibilities and opportunities. Well, I don't think, I don't think Peyton Thorne is that big of a threat. If I was a, if I was holding, I think he could be beaten out easily. Well, and, I mean uh, that then, then I would encourage him to stick around and, and try to do yeah. that. One other thing, everybody's talking about quarterbacks in the portals and blah, 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 all this. It ain't going to do any good to get another quarterback to come in here from the portal if you don't have an offensive line that's going to do anything for them. Or receivers that can uh, that can get open and catch the ball. Right. Right, exactly. Well, it starts with the offensive line. The offensive line's got to give the receivers enough time to, to run their routes. And, uh, yeah, the other thing about the receivers is catching the ball. You're right about that. <laughs> I think the, well, the, the offensive line, Spectre, is, is in much better shape than it was a year ago. They definitely need to improve their pass blocking. But uh, I, I feel much better about the state of the offensive line than I did a year ago. Yeah, well, the offensive line has been our Achilles heel for the last five years. And uh, like you said, it, it has improved. I'll give you that. But I need it to get even stronger. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm Jason, hey. I was intrigued by what Jason said, if you heard, when he was talking about Dylan Wade coming back and moving to his natural position of guard, if you can find a – Proven left tackle, a that and that that is the number one spot as far as pass protection for a right-handed quarterback is that left tackle. If Auburn can find that, then they they stand a chance of really um, having having an outstanding offensive line next year. Hey, let me throw this out to you. Uh huh. What do you think about a a portal for coordinators? <laughs> well, they I mean nothing's stopping them from going wherever. Any time, so I mean, I guess they've sort of always had that, but just yeah. I mean, because what you hear, and usually it seems like there's a portal at the coaches' convention that comes up right after the uh, you know right around the national championship. There's always a coaching convention, and that is uh, uh, one of the one of the prime meat markets that there is. I mean, coaches who have jobs are checking to see what jobs might come open, and coaches that don't have jobs are uh, you know letting their, their resumes, you know, letting everyone know their resumes. So uh, well, I, we, we sort I of got one, one now. Yeah, I know one coach is a good recruiter that's looking for a job right now. Uh, yep. Damian Craig. That is and, right. Uh, I hope Auburn is trying to do everything they can to get him, not, not because of Coleman over at Phoenix Field, because he's a damn good recruiter. Oh, he, he, is a, he is an excellent recruiter, no question about that. All right, buddy, I'll let you go. Appreciate it, Spectre. Need to get to a break number one. We're gonna if we get if we have the opportunity, we'll let you hear Bruce Pearl's comments yesterday when he met with the media talking about getting ready for this ACC SEC challenge against Virginia Tech. But uh, we'd love to hear from you three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Come on in and join me here on the Wednesday Drive. 
the trendy fashion. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Wednesday Drive. Bill here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. You heard the number, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise? I uh, want to talk a little uh, talk a little football. I mean, you've got all the championship games coming up this weekend. Are things going to go chalk, going to be easy for the uh, college football playoff committee? Um, I hope not. I hope there's some, some craziness in there. I mean – and when it was two, we wanted more. Then it's four. It's not going to satisfy, you know, everybody with uh, with just four teams, and uh, and and we'll see. But I mean, you've got the easy way out would be for, you know, for uh, for for Georgia to beat Alabama, Michigan wins, um, Florida State and Washington. Hey, yeah, I've got four unbeaten teams. They're 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 your four. That's the easiest thing. That's I, I would say the odds are not not very likely that just those four things have. Maybe they do. Um, who is the who is the least who is the least likely to win of the of the four teams right now that are that are one through four? I would guess everyone would say it's funny because Florida State doesn't have Jordan Travis, but Washington is the underdog. Washington is the underdog. To uh, to number five Oregon, but if if that happened, if if the other if the top three win, well actually Oregon's three and Florida State's four, but Oregon still is the underdog. Is that crazy? Oregon is three, and I mean excuse me, Washington's three, Oregon's five, Oregon's touchdown favorite. Um, but if Oregon beats Washington, it would be virtually unthinkable if the other teams won for it not to be. All right, your three unbeaten teams and Oregon. But is, you know, is Louisville as bad as they looked last week? Um, Florida State didn't look great without without Jordan Travis. Um, and I think there are a lot of I think there I think there are a lot of folks that probably on the committee too that wouldn't mind Louisville knocking off Florida State so they get what they feel is a better team into the playoffs. But, but we'll see. So, but uh, don't, don't we get started Friday night? In the uh, I think the, the Pac-12 title game is usually usually on Friday night. So uh, that'll be cool to uh, to see that coming up on uh, on Friday. Yeah, the Oregon Washington game is a um, is that seven o'clock Central? I believe it is uh, on ABC. So that'll be five o'clock out on the West Coast. Uh, and then Saturday we get things started with uh, the Texas Longhorns who are thinking somebody loses, we ought to be in. Although, if Alabama beats Georgia and Texas wins, are they going to jump? They're going to jump Alabama over Texas? I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that's right because head-to-head Texas went into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. But I mean that's that's where the the drama would really start. What's sort of interesting to me, I guess it's not surprising to me, is that sure seems like most Alabama fans are already upset 
at the playoff committee about how they're going to get jobbed by the committee after they beat Georgia. And I, have I missed something? Have they already beaten Georgia? Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they will. I, I surely wouldn't be stunned. And I know people would say, yeah, but look, they barely beat Auburn this past week. Sure, and Auburn lost to New Mexico State 31 to, 31 to 10 the week before. What you did last week doesn't, doesn't have anything to do or, or it doesn't have much to do with what's going to happen this week. I, but was Georgia – I mean, was was Georgia really focusing on Georgia Tech last week? I doubt it. Um, I mean, Nick Saban has never lost at Mercedes-Benz, never. Uh, and and Georgia look, Georgia has won, but sure seems like sure seems like the the Alabama fan base is extremely confident that Georgia's just Georgia's just a, a stepping stone, and then is the playoff committee gonna gonna screw them? But, yeah, so the Oklahoma State-Texas game is an 11 o'clock kick on Saturday. Then you've got the, uh, the Georgia-Alabama game, a 3 o'clock kick on uh, Saturday. I think, we've got, I think we've, we've, we've got those games, too, right here on ESPN uh, 106.7. And then coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Michigan-Iowa and Louisville-Florida State. So a fun, fun Saturday, but you know, Friday night's going to tell us a little bit. Uh, I mean, it is a little surprising to me that Oregon's going in as such a solid favorite over Washington. Uh, and, and I guess, you know, if, if Oregon does that, Bo Nix has a great, has a uh, great game going to be very difficult for anybody to pry the Heisman trophy away from him. And I know there are a lot of Auburn fans rolling their eyes and, and saying, yeah, but who did he do it against? Those are phenomenal numbers that he's put up. Um, so, so yeah, a fun lineup coming up. Just if, if you have some thoughts on the, the playoffs, how you think they may turn out, or how things could go crazy, how would you like to see them turn out? Uh, I know there, there are a lot, a lot of folks listening going, how can you keep both Alabama and Georgia out? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that I see a way of keeping them both out, even though – you probably, like I said, Texas deserves to be in if Georgia loses. I think Texas deserves to be in if they win. But I just don't know that uh, Texas would make it in. And, and boy, they'd be screaming and, and on fire mad coming into the SEC after they, get, uh, after they get done with this season. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Uh, if we have the, the chance, we'll let you hear some of Bruce Pearl's comments as the Tigers get ready for Virginia Tech coming up a little later on tonight. 8.15 is the tip, 7.30, airtime over on Wings 94.3. We'll we'll run that, but again, love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 as we continue with the Wednesday Drive. 